Hi, this is Dan Sullivan. I'd like to welcome you to the Multiplier Mindset Podcast. I didn't like school. I grew up on a farm. I have a big distance on both sides in terms of my brothers, and I have one sister. But there's a big age gap on one side and another big age gap on the other side. And my mother took a lot of interest in me simply because I was alone with her and I was alone with my father at a time when all my older siblings were at school. And then I would go with my mother on her errands and she belonged to charitable organizations, church organizations, and I would go along with her. And I was constantly dealing with adults, adult women or my father, we would go to the market or to the feed store, or to the fertilizer store, or to the tractor dealership. I found that all very interesting, and it was just me, and I was special, and I had all this freedom. And then, when I was six years old in September, they put me in a classroom, and I had to sit in a desk all day and follow somebody else's rules. And from day one, I hated it. My mother knew I hated it, so after about a month, she gave me a couple permissions. And one of the permissions she gave me, she says, well, the whole purpose of first grade is that you learn how to read. Because kids didn't really learn how to read before first grade in those days. And she says, as soon as you can read, you can go anywhere you want with your mind. She says, so actually knowing how to read is more important than going to school. That was huge permission for me because I could put up with the discipline because I had a goal and that was to learn how to read as fast as I could, which I did. The other thing was she told me that you can learn a lot more by using your reading skills to explore different things that are going on in the world that are outside what they're teaching you in school. And therefore, knowing about the world is more important than learning from your teacher because your teacher is essentially only teaching you what she was taught. I went to a Catholic school, so all my teachers were nuns. So that gave me another permission that I could sit there and I could listen, but I wasn't going to buy into necessarily what I was being taught, but I was going to put in my time. And my mother also said, and you have to go to school. And I said, okay, I'll go to school. But I developed an alternative educational system as quickly as I could, and this is how I did it. This caused a lot of trouble because we lived about six miles from school, so you got a ride in in the morning, and you started school, and then you had a ride at the end of the day to go back to the farm. You couldn't walk home. So periodically, I would just skip school in the afternoon, and I would go to our local library, which was a very nice library, and I've gone back in the recent years, and it still is attractive to me as it was when I was six years old, but it was a Carnegie library. And this Andrew Carnegie, who created U.S. Steel in the 19th century, died basically broke because he used his entire fortune to create libraries. He created, I think, somewhere around 2,500 local libraries in the United States, Canada, and I think in Britain and also Ireland. And they're called Carnegie libraries. And They're historic buildings, and none of them can be replaced. But he paid for the architectural fees. So if the community got money together, he would pay for the architectural fees. 
for all these libraries, and they're beautifully architecturally. So I went to the library, and the thing that really attracted me was the reference library where they had the encyclopedias, especially the Britannica Encyclopedia, and they had the big encyclopedia. It was 24 volumes. And I developed an educational system for myself where I would have a spiral notebook, and I would go in and I put the notebook on one of the tables, and then I would turn around and go to the Britannica, and I would close my eyes, and I would reach out, and I would take a volume, and I would turn around, and I would take the volume back to the desk, and I would close my eyes, and I would open it, and then I would put my finger down on the page. And wherever my finger landed, that's what I studied. So it was always an article. It could have been the beginning of the article or halfway through or right at the end, but I would read that article, and then I would make notes in my spiral notebook. And then at the bottom of every article, there were cross-references to other articles. And then I would pick one of the cross-references, and I would go there. And I would spend two, three hours just making notes about this serendipitous, sort of haphazard way. And what it developed in me was an ability to associate very quickly in my mind things that weren't really connected. So this wasn't someone designing a course for me. It wasn't structured by someone else. I was just using the Encyclopedia Britannica to educate myself. And I remember around the fifth grade, there was a thing called the Iowa General Knowledge Test. It was from the University of Iowa. And it just tested your general knowledge about the world. And there were a hundred questions. And I doubt if anyone in my class got more than 20 right answers. And I would come in with about 85 answers. So I just had this enormous general knowledge and I could connect things. And it gave me a protection against my teachers because they would talk about certain things, you know, in class and they would bring up, this is the way the world is. And I said, well, not really. No, no, you're missing a lot here because I had this general knowledge that the teacher didn't. And I loved that. I loved having superior knowledge. I was better than all the other children in the room, and that gave me a real feeling. And what I realized much later is that I'm actually ADD, so this is a terrific exercise for someone who is ADD. And I didn't realize the power of my Encyclopedia Britannic School until the Internet came along. And I realized that from a very early age, I prepared my brain to be a wonderful web surfer. And the reason is, the average day I spend about two hours on the internet. It's not that I'm looking for something. What I'm looking for is things that I didn't know before. And you can just cross-reference from one article to another article, and you can go to Wikipedia. So I'll spend two hours just connecting new things that I never knew before. So a lot of people say, well, you don't have any fact finder in your Colby. How come you know so many facts? And it's not the facts. It's that I have sort of a contextual memory that I know the three or four facts about thousands of things, but it sounds to someone when I'm talking that I'm a deep authority on the subjects, but I'm not at all. I just know enough to be convincing. But it also gives me a sense that there's just an infinite amount of knowledge in the world, and one person can only be a, an expert on a very, very 
small area of knowledge. And it gives me a real sense of the world that experts, for the most part, are very, very limited in what they know. People who spend their whole life studying a particular subject, they're missing a vast amount of other knowledge. That was kind of a protection, too, because I wasn't meant for school. And aside from getting a bachelor's degree in college by reading the great books of the Western world, I haven't really been interested in school or college or university at all, but I was really, really interested in having a real grasp of being able to understand the world that we're living in, and this has gotten more powerful as I've got older. So what I drew from school was not that anybody else's school was really important to me, but that if I really wanted to be independent, I had to have the ability of turning any of my life experiences into an actual school. And to a certain extent, all these stories that I tell about my life are stories about various schools that I've been through. And I have an ability to structure any kind of experience into lessons, to connect the lessons and to take the lessons and identify knowledge that I needed to know, attitudes that I needed to have, what kind of skills I had to develop, and especially what kind of habits that I needed to establish very early that I could stay with all my life. So one of the reasons why it's really easy for me to continually create new concepts and tools for a strategic coach, and I started doing that in 1989, when I was 45 years old, because for the previous almost 40 years before that, I had created new concepts and new tools for myself out of my own life experience. And then I think a lot of the impact of the concepts and tools that we use in Strategic Coach to help the entrepreneurs think about their experience allows them also to turn their own life experience, their entrepreneurial experience especially, into a school for themselves, and then use the lessons to actually create things that they can sell to their clients or customers. 